At long last, I get to pay somebody back. Good evening, Roy. Everybody <laughs> makes fun of me. <laughs> somebody else did it finally. <laughs> anyway, my wife says I'm being really obnoxious today, so I need to settle down. <laughs> had a lot of coffee, had a long nap, so that's a bad combination apparently. So I apologize for that. Uh, we're going to talk this evening about doing good. You know, there are a few in the religious world today who fail to realize the need to be involved in good works. You know, most religious groups, most uh, Christian denominations, I use the word Christian with parentheses or quotation marks, I mean, uh, they um, have a, feel, a, understand a, a need to be doing good, to be seen doing good. You know, even uh, the religion of Islam has a works-based type of salvation and they believe on the, the great day of weighing out that their good deeds are going to be weighed against their bads. And if their good deeds outweigh their bad, then uh, they're going to go to their version of paradise. And uh, if not, then they're going to go to hell. Uh, that's uh, you know the religion of Islam. Others have the same type of view that we're to be doing good and, and we must be doing good. But it's not the means by which we are saved. Now, uh, as we think about doing good, though, uh, Jesus is our example in all things. We're to walk in his footsteps, 1 Peter 2, verse 21. Uh, and uh, the Bible says in Acts chapter 10, and verse 38, that he went about doing good. So if we're to walk in the footsteps of Christ, then we need to go about doing good. You know, we know that we're to be involved in good works because this is really a sign of Christian maturity. Paul says that the man of God uh, needs to be perfect or complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, and it's the scriptures that equip us in that regard. And so to be complete, we've got to be furnished, uh, and we are furnished, that we're to be involved in good works. It's important that we not only understand the need to be involved in good works, but that they also are to be done by the authority of Jesus Christ. You know, everything we do must be done by the authority of Christ. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 says, Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. And so let us now consider some important principles that will help us to do good works in a manner that will be well-pleasing in the sight of God. And so, first of all, we need to understand the, the underlying principle for doing good. You know, for what reason are we to be involved in good works? Is it to be seen of men? You know, certainly that is not the case. Matthew chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 18. We're just going to look at verse 1 and verse 5 and verse 16. But he, he, Jesus says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men. To be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. And in verse 5 he says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And then down in verse 16, Moreover, when ye fast... Uh, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. 
Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. You know, there's going to be no reward in heaven for those that do their works merely to be seen of men. Jesus says they have their reward now. Their reward is they were saw, seen of men. They were seen by men to do those good works, and they received the glory of men, but not the glory of God, because the reason for doing the works was for their own benefit to be seen of men. You know, uh, do we uh, do good works in order to bribe people into the church? You know, in India, there's a practice known as rice bag conversion, whereas, uh, you know, they will basically, uh, there are some unscrupulous folks that want to just pad numbers and have lots of numbers, and so they will basically bribe people to be baptized uh, in exchange for, uh, to receive some kind of benefit from it. I've got a good friend, he, he preached in the Memphis, Tennessee area, and uh, he was telling me this story about a fellow that came and, and knocked on the church building door and said that he, he had been studying with, a, with a, a Church of Christ preacher somewhere, but he couldn't remember where or who it was, and he wanted to, to continue the study that he had had. And so my friend was like, well, come on in, we'll sit down and we'll talk about it. And uh, they ended up studying the Bible for an hour and a half, maybe two hours, ended up baptizing the fellow. And, of course, then he's asking for money. He needs money. And so they offer to help him with a little bit of finances. Well, a week or so later, he goes to a, uh, another congregation. They were going to meet a preacher for lunch, and he called him over there. And, and the other preacher said, well, I'm in the middle of a Bible study, but when I'm done, we'll, we'll come out and we'll go eat. So he's waiting out in the parking lot, sitting in the car, waiting for this guy to come out. And a few minutes later, the same guy he saw the week before came out, hair all wet, uh, like he just got out of the bath or just got baptized. And sure enough, the same guy, same the same spiel, uh, was baptized in order to receive some things. Now, that's not on behalf of the church doing that, but this is a man taking advantage of that situation. But there is that idea that, you know, we're not doing this to bribe someone to come into the church. That's not the reason why we do it. You know, uh, everybody needs to obey from the heart the form of doctrine, uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 17. They need to obey uh, in sincerity and not because of some material benefit one thinks that they may receive. So this is not why we do works. We don't do them to be seen of men. Even though Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, let your uh, light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. But the purpose of that is to glorify God, and it is not to glorify self. If we're letting our light shine to glorify self, we're not letting a light shine at all. And so uh, good works are the, for the purpose of bringing glory to God. Also, 1 Peter 2.12 says, They're having your conversation or your manner of living honest among the Gentiles. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. And so the underlying principle for doing good is to bring glory to God and to bring others to Christ. And in so doing, we bring glory to God. And so uh, it's not to bribe people in the church. It's not so that we can pat ourselves on the back and say, look how good I am. It's simply uh, to bring glory to God by saving souls. And so uh, the underlying principle 
Uh, to whom are the good works to be done? You know, there's been a lot of discussion over the years among members of the Lord's church concerning whom good, to whom good may be performed. You know, some, they have that saints-only position that we cannot help someone out of the church treasury collectively as a church help someone who is not a member of the Lord's church. And so they will, you know, say that there's no authority for it. Yet in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, uh, And let us... Not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now those that hold the saints only position say that the us here is as individual Christians we ought to be doing that. But we cannot do it collectively as a congregation. But if you take that word we, which is a pronoun, and you, you find its antecedent, it goes all the way back to verse 1. Brethren, uh, if any man be overtaken in the fault, ye which are spiritual... Notice the, the plural there is found in verse 1 and verse 2. And so that is brethren as collectively. He's writing collectively to the church. And so let us do good unto all men as the church collectively. And certainly we ought to be doing that individually as well. And so both is authorized. And so we're to do good unto all men out of the church treasury and individually uh, as individual Christians. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 13, it says, There whiles by the experiments of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal distribution unto all them, and unto all men. Notice, again, uh, doing the good to the church, and doing good to all men. And then 2 Thessalonians, or 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 15 says, Seeing that none render evil for evil to any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. And so we see that we are to do good unto all men, uh, especially those of the household of faith, certainly. But we're to do good unto all men. Now, what are these good works to consist of? You know, what is a good work? What is doing good? You know, doing good involves distributing and communicating. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 18, and let's back up to verse 17. He says, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, that they uh, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth all, or giveth us richly, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. And so those that are rich in this world, those that have the opportunity to do good, they are to be uh, involved in doing good, doing good works, that they're willing to, to share, they're willing to uh, communicate, they're willing to, to sh share the gospel and share uh, what material blessings they have. Also, uh, to be involved in good works, we must be willing to give our time and to share our bounty. And doing good, though, uh, we must keep in mind that we must obey the laws of the land. Titus chapter 3 and verse 1. 
Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Now, we know the exception. Don't even need to say it. We ought to obey God rather than men. But there are some that think they're doing good, but they're violating the law in the way they do it. And so many are ignoring this uh, stricture to, to do it according to the law uh, and just kind of going about it and, and doing things that are illegal. We're not going to bring glory to God in that way. Doing good also um, must be done in sound doctrine and speech. You know, in Titus chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, it says, In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, and doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. You know, we need to keep in mind sound doctrine. In sound speech, we need to make sure that we're doing, uh, the, the good we're doing is in accordance with God's will and God's word. And so, uh, you know, Titus chapter 2 and verse 1 says, but speak the things which become sound doctrine. Also, doing good involves helping those that are in need. Ephesians 4 and verse 28, uh, here it says, let him that stole... Steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. One of the reasons why we work, uh, when we have jobs, is so that we can help others in need. And so that we can have and develop a bounty, so that we can be like those that are uh, rich in this world that are willing to give uh, to others. Helping the needy Christians and alien sinners is a good work. We must all be involved in it and how we can. Now, how often must we or should we be involved in doing good? You think about in Acts chapter 9, verse 36, we read about Tabitha that she was full of good works. Now, how often do you got to be involved in good works to be full of good works, to be known for your good works? I would say she must have been involved in it very frequently, very often. And, you know, from that context, when she was laying there dead, her, her friends and those that benefited from her good works, they brought the clothes and the garments that she had made for them, and they showed them to Peter. And so she was a woman full of good works. And Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 8 that we must bear much fruit. He desires much fruit. Notice there, he says, uh, herein is my Father glorified. That ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. That's how we show that we are disciples, that we're involved in doing God's work and bringing glory to Him. Paul says that we are to be fruitful to every good work. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. He says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. You think about something that is fruitful, it produces a lot of fruit. It produces good works. And so we're to be fruitful in every good work. And then we must be continuing in it. You know, in Romans chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, To them who by patient continuance and well-doing 
seek for glory and honor and immortality, uh, eternal life. And so we see that continuing in well-doing is a must for those who are seeking eternal life. And then we are to be rich in good works, as we saw again in verse Timothy chapter 6 and verse 18. We're to learn to maintain good works. Titus 3 and verse 14 says, And let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses, that they be not unfruitful. Thus we remain to maintain continual fruit bearing, being full and overflowing in doing good. Remember only the unfaithful retire from doing good. And so uh, we need to be involved in doing good at every opportunity. Again, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, as we therefore have opportunity, opportunity uh, sometimes only comes knocking once, and so you need to take advantage of it. And I heard an old saying from, and I believe it was Thomas Edison that, that said this, is that the reason why a lot of people miss out on opportunity because it looks like work going about in coveralls, something like that, so. How are good works to be done? You know, how are we to do it? First of all, you know, good works are to be done with all of our hearts. In 2 Chronicles 31, verses 20 and 21, notice here about King Hezekiah. And thus did Hezekiah through all Judah, putting away the, the, the idols and, and tearing down the high places and so forth. And thus did Hezekiah through all Judah and wrought that which was good and right and truth before the Lord his God. And every work that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments to seek his God, he did it with all his hearts and prospered. He prospered because the things he did for God, he did with all of his hearts. You know, good works can only be done through action and not mere words. First John 3 verses 17 and 18 says, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You know, James illustrates it in James 2, 14 through 16. He says, What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. And so it's not mere words. It's not giving lip service. It is action. It is a call for action. We cannot serve God with mere lip service. You know, our, our good must be done with patience. Uh, again, Romans 2 and verse 7, To them who by patient continuance, you know, we're not to give up. It is not always easy to be involved in good works. But doing good is something that we must do. And so we must not give up in it. Uh, good works must be done with great eagerness. Titus chapter 2 verse 14. 
talks of Christ who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself, a peculiar people, zealous of good works. To be zealous uh, means to be eager, to be uh, excited about it. Zealous of doing good works. That's what makes us peculiar, not weird. Peculiar don't mean weird. It just means that we belong to God and to Him only, and we show that belonging to God in, in our works that we do. Every Christian must have an intense desire to do good. Uh, good works must also be done without weariness. Our Galatians 6, 9 let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, good works also uh, must be done according to truth. Again, Colossians 3 and verse 17. Whatsoever ye do, and word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Notice, by the authority. In the name of means by the authority of. Everything we do must be in accordance with the word of truth. Good works are not profitable if they're not done according to God's will. Good works are not good works if they're not done according to God's will. And so that is the, the way we go about doing good. Now what are the reasons then? Why do we do good? We, we already said we do it to bring glory to God, but what else? You know, good works glorify God, John 15 verse 8. Glorifying God must be the desire of every Christian. And doing good though also we put to silence the, the accusations of foolish men. In 1 Peter 2 and verse 15. Uh, we'll back up a little bit even. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. Verse 13. For the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him, uh, for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that ye with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish Men. There are all kinds of false accusations being made about Christians in those days. Uh, some terrible accusations. Uh, they were accused of being lawbreakers, of being insurrectionists, of being uh, unpatriotic to Rome, uh, even accused of being cannibals. And uh, yet uh, Peter says that uh, we are to do good and be, uh, and in so doing, we'll put the ignorance or the silence, the ignorance of those foolish men. And so, uh, may we never give the foolish a reason to speak out against the Lord's church. Also, when we're involved in doing good, we escape eternal destruction. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 19 says, Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Can there be any greater motivation? To be involved in doing good than the fear of spending eternity in hell. And so we're involved uh, in order to escape eternal destruction. It's a commandment of God. Uh, doing good works also is a, is a way of showing our faith. Of proving our faith. Again, faith without works is dead being alone. 
In James 2 and verse 18, a man may say, I have faith, thou hast works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Titus chapter 3 and verse 8 says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to all men. If we are involved in doing good works, then we are obeying God and are thus in his love and will be his friend. John chapter 15, verse 10 says, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 14, Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. If we avoid doing good works, though, we deny God. We are disobedient, we are abominable, and we are reprobate, Titus chapter 1, 16. That they profess they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobates. If we are involved in good works, then we will be a good example for others to follow. 1 Timothy 4, 12 says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. 